Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to have you back and we are excited about our continuation in our topic regarding financial stewardship. I am Tanya. And I'm Michael. And today we're going to focus a little bit more on debt and other financial mistakes. A lot of times we grow up as younger adults and we really don't have a solid foundation on the use of credit cards and debts and things like that. And we want to encourage you guys today and talk a little bit about that so that we as adults and parents can model that for our children and also teach our children best practices so that we can be good stewards of what God has given us. Yeah. And we're trying to take this topic in kind of in order of importance. The first important is the tithe to make sure we're giving our best mm-hmm. and first fruits to the Lord and that we're doing that ourselves and we're teaching that to our children and we're modeling that for our children. The second important topic is, first of all, to have a good defense. And I don't know if you've, if you brought up playing sports, you constantly hear coaches say that the best offense is a good defense. I just heard this the other day on a Monday night football game where the commentator was saying that a version of that, where he said, you can't learn how to win until you first learn how not to lose. Cause the team there was just having a lot of turnovers, a lot of penalties, and there's no way you can win a game if you're just constantly moving the ball backwards, you know, you've the idea is to move the ball forwards. And that's the analogy we want to give here with our financial football. Are we moving it toward the goal or are we moving it backwards? The way that we move it backwards is by getting into debt that hurts our financial position or making bad financial decisions. And we want to teach that to our kids. Now, we don't have to be financial planners, financial experts to teach this to our kids. We say it's very helpful to take a Dave Ramsey course so that we have at least some type of foundation that we can then teach to our children. But our finances don't have to be perfect. We can teach from our weaknesses and failures just as well as we can teach from our strengths and victories. We can certainly teach our children, look, you know, we can be upfront and honest with them. We've messed up in this certain area. And this has been the repercussions. We have to spend half our life trying to dig out of this hole. And we don't want that to happen to you. Let us show you the mistakes that we made and how we are trying to now fix that and how you can stay out of those mistakes. And so one of the first things that you hear the Dave Ramseys of the world talk about is the importance of staying out of debt. And what I like about Dave Ramsey and other biblical financial leaders, such as Larry Burkett or Ron Blue, is the applying biblical principles to current financial landscape. And we see in Proverbs 22, 7, where the borrower is slave to the lender. And that is so true, right? I mean, if we borrow money, we are in effect a slave to those payments that we constantly have to make. And it bogs us down. And if we have too many of those payments, we just have no leeway. And sometimes we can have too much month by the end of the payday, you know, and it's like we we got no money left for the rest of this month and we still have these bills to have to pay and we've got no leeway for any emergencies that come up and things like that. And so it's very important that we stay on the debt, that we're not a slave to the lender. And some of the more common places that people get into debt with is consumer debt. 
you know, paying for furniture or things that we want to buy and we put it on a credit card, it's anywhere from 19 to 21% interest. That is a huge amount of interest. And all of your financial planners would agree that just never run a balance on a credit card. If you ever pay for anything with a credit card because you want the rewards or some kind of strategy that you're doing with that, then make sure you pay it off every month. And if you ever have to run a balance, you cut up that credit card immediately and don't go down that rabbit trail because that is a world of hurt. So many people are in bad financial straits with credit card. 40%, according to statistics, have a credit card balance. And those that have a credit card balance, the average credit card balance is $17,000. That's -hmm. the average, $17,000. I mean, there's a bunch that have more than that. That's a hard hole to dig out of at 19 to 21% interest. I mean, that's just taking money away that you could be saving. Uh, And so that is the general principle there that we really need to teach our children is just avoid credit cards altogether. Perhaps it's better to not even do the rewards because these are kind of ways where credit cards use these strategies. These companies use these strategies to get you to use the credit card more because they know statistically the more you use it, the more likely you are to run a balance and uh, get yourself in an area where you're just a slave to them and constantly paying them an astronomical amount of interest on a constant basis. So be very careful with credit cards. Teach our children to be very careful with credit cards. Perhaps avoid them altogether and don't, but absolutely never, ever, never run a balance on a credit card. We need to stress that with their, with our children and teach them that while they're in our house, while they're young enough to listen and we have a captive audience and hopefully they'll remember that as they're adults, we remind of them of what we've taught them all along. Uh, and we're not teaching them that the first time they come home and say they want a credit card because one of their friends has a credit card and we're now behind the eight ball and teaching that we got to be ahead of the game and lay that foundation very early. And I agree with you because I'll just share my personal experience. My mother and father are not believers. So there was really no financial um, teaching going on as a child. And so I grew up thinking that credit cards was a good thing and I could use that to build my credit. That was what I was always told is, yeah, just use your credit card and that will help you build your credit score so that you can buy other things. And of course, I was not a believer. So I was not a good steward of my money at the time being young. And I did find myself at a young age having uh, some credit card debt that I had to carry in my early 20s. Yeah. And that's that's one of the other areas that kind of grabs you with the credit card is like, well, I want to increase my credit s- score. Mm-hmm. Why? The only, re- yeah. the only reason to have a good credit score is so that you could buy more stuff on credit. Right. <laughs> that's the only reason for a good credit score. And so, um, you know, there's other ways to, to establish credit. I mean, that it can be important for jobs. They'll sometimes look at what kind of credit score that that you have. But Dave Ramsey likes to brag that he has a zero credit score because he doesn't use debt at all and hasn't for the longest time. And so if you don't borrow anything, you're going to have an absolute zero credit score. Um, and he said he's done perfectly fine because he never has to borrow any money. But Certainly, if you want to use a credit card as that as a strategy, perhaps, I mean, Dave Ramsey would balk it at using that as a strategy just to establish a credit score. If you always pay it off, always 
uh, pay it off at the end of the month, never run a balance. The second you run a balance, rip that credit card up and never go back, never look at it ever again, mm-hmm. because you do not want to go down. That has ruined many a financial house, this credit card debt. It's such a huge problem. That's why most financial planners say don't have anything to do with credit cards. Don't be lured in by rewards and establishing credit scores and things like that, because that's what grabs you. And most people, it just runs away from them. Yeah. And I've heard of people actually secretly keeping that from their spouse. And then next thing you know, it explodes and then they end up having so much debt and the other spouse feels betrayed. It's really important for the credit cards to be well-known. Like if a credit card is being used, the whole family is aware of it. There's no secrets here between families. And I just think that it's important to understand how much debt can ruin us because we're a slave, just like what you said with Proverbs. It makes us a slave to have to pay and work harder and harder. And we can't use the money that God intended for us to have that he has given us directly to use for others. Yes. And you never know how well your child is going to do with a credit card as you just hand them a credit card Uh, Better monitor that very carefully if you do that and make sure that you see their credit card statement, have some kind of app that lets you see whatever spending they do with that credit card. I don't think most financial planners, certainly Dave Ramsey, would not recommend that as a teaching tool for children whatsoever. We just do not want to teach them the concept of just borrowing money to buy things. That tends to be where we are with society is when we want something, the question is, how do I just pay for it? If I don't have the cash, how do I finance it? And we just immediately go to that paradigm, that way of thinking. And we need to flip that script. We need to teach our children to not think that way. We need to have them think more like, how can I save up for this? So then I am not paying way more for this item because it's accumulating interest than if I would have saved up for it and I'm getting the interest while saving for it and paying actually less for the item. That's where we want to have their thinking be and not immediately going to how can I borrow money in order to buy this? And I love the example that we have when we go to Costco, right? (laughs) It's like our favorite place. And our daughter, we talked about in our previous podcast regarding tithing, you know, our daughter tithes her money that she gets on a weekly basis. And she has a certain amount that she puts for saving and a certain amount for spending. And I love it when we go to Costco there was a stuffed animal that she wanted. It was like a big uh, pillow type stuffed animal. And it was more than what she had. And she was like, but mommy, you can buy this for me. I'm like, no, that is your money. You need to make that purchase. So you need to save up for it. And it was like a hard lesson every single week because she wasn't earning a lot, but it could be easy for us as parents to just go ahead and buy it. But that's not teaching the lesson here. And she basically had to save for like three or four weeks. And then once she had the money, it was so exciting that she saved her own money and she bought this pillow. And it was a great teaching moment because we left at a Costco many times with her crying and we're having to explain to her, well, you don't have the money and I can't give it to you. Like you have to be able to earn this money, save it, and then buy what it is that you were looking to purchase. 
Yeah, and the important lessons we're teaching her is that, you know, it's okay to have things. We have a jar for tithing. We have a jar also for saving for the future. We're saving for a college right off the bat, getting her to think long-term already to save for long-term purchases and important things like education. And we also have a jar for spending. This is just to have fun and spend it. We'll get into that a little bit more later, but it's important to teach that to our children that it's so God wants us to have good things. It's okay to have fun and spend and enjoy life. And we want to teach our children that as well. We just want to make sure that we don't let these things have us. It's okay to have things, just don't let them have you. You know, we don't want to be slave to a lender because we've borrowed in order to have these things. And now our finances are strapped. We're in a hole. We're struggling to pay all these payments for these different things and we can't pay it off. And we come to the realization how later on in life, how bad this debt is really just hampering what we want to do. And now we're spending half our life trying to dig ourselves out of a hole. Many people have been there. We've got to get our kids on a good footing. Don't go there to begin with. Don't be thinking, how can I finance this? Always be thinking, how can I save up for that? And that includes cars. That's one of the biggest things that purchases that People tend to put on some kind of a loan. But what about the thinking of why don't we save up for a car that I could put down cash for? It doesn't have to be an expensive car. doesn't even have to be new. It can still be nice. There's a lot of really nice used cars that we can save up for and then put down cash for. And of course, others may respond, well, I just lease my car. We'll just teach them to lease it. Well, Dave Ramsey talks about leasing cars. He calls it fleecing cars. It is way more expensive mathematically to lease a car than it is to even finance it. Of course, the cheapest way is to save up for it, get all the interest yourself and actually pay less for the car. But leasing is one of the worst things that can be done. Car companies make most of their money on leasing cars as well as um, the dealership having people send their cars to the dealer in order to get repaired at a, at a markup. They don't really make much money on selling new cars. The reason they sell new cars is so that you take them to their shop and get them repaired and on leasing cars. Um, there's just a lot of traps in there and Dave Ramsey calls it fleecing. So don't get fleeced by leasing cars either. Um, another is a house. We just naturally think that we're going to go into a mortgage and pay for a house. And as expensive as houses are, that might be the case. But there are plenty of people with modest means that actually put down cash for a house. It can be done. People can save up for a house. But even Dave Ramsey allows to finance a house. But what he recommends is that you may have to rent for a while if you can't afford it yet. Don't push a child into, you got to buy a house. It's the American dream. Go right into it when they can't really afford it yet. Make sure one can afford it and make sure that the mortgage is no more than one fourth of one's take home pay. So whatever their take home pay, the mortgage is not more than a fourth of that on a 15 year fixed so that you're getting out of that mortgage within 15 years. So the least amount of time as possible. And if you could put down extra on that, just putting down a hundred dollars a month extra is would be like putting down an extra mortgage payment in a year. It's amazing mathematically what that means to how much you really save in the end as far as interest. Just that way of thinking to either save up for a house and put down cash or to borrow as least amount as possible with that 15-year fixed and no more than a quarter 
of one's take home pay on that so that they're fine. Many people bog down in their finances with houses because they're captivated by that American dream and they got a standard of living that they have in mind. Oftentimes they want kids want to start out where their parents left off and spent years building up to. And they end up buying more house than their finances can handle. And that takes up a lot of their monthly income and they have nothing else that they can do with that and really struggling to pay their bills. So we really want to make sure our children are being wise with, with their house. Um, another real big area that people get in a hole in is with school paying for student loans. We almost automatically think, how are we going to finance school? How do we set up ourselves to be able to borrow money for school? That's how most people think. But like the Dave Ramsey's of the world say, we need to stop thinking that way. Student loans are, there's a lot in the news about how so many people, their finances are really strapped by these huge student loan payments that they're probably going to spend the rest of their lives trying to pay off. It's just astronomical. The average student loan is $50,000. That's the average, you know, and there's so many people coming out today with degrees that are not helping them find a job in their field of work. And they're way underpaid for the amount of loan that they have. And they're not majoring in degrees that give them marketable skills. They're majoring in pottery or something or you know, they're majoring in history when they don't have any plans of teaching history or anything. They just like history. And we've got to have our children start to think a little differently towards college. What skill are you getting out of this and how much money do we want to spend? And how about saving up for college rather than immediately going towards student loans? We've got to change our thinking because we're starting off in a hole that is so hard to dig out of and it really hampers what we can do for the kingdom. Ain't no way we're turning one into two, two into four and five into 10 as the parable of the talents says, because we're, we're too busy just being slave to the lender and paying off all this debt that we're trying to get out from under. So very important if we can get our kids thinking biblically as far as debt and try to avoid it as much as possible and not be strapped from it. And if we can teach them that and not have them learn that the hard way as they first get out on their own and they're like, oh, wow, I'm on my own. I can pay things with credit cards and I can finance my car and I can get this real house, big house. And people seem to just be throwing money at me. And this is awesome. I get to have all these things. And before they know it, they just, whoa, I'm having trouble making payments monthly on this and the debt has just keeps growing and growing. And how do I get out from under this? I'm not able to travel. I'm not able to tithe. I'm not able to give generously to people that need it. I'm not able to do all these biblical mandates because I am just too strapped down with paying off debt. You know, and school loans have a very high interest rate, anywhere from six to nine percent. Instead of being able to invest in some kind of investment that can earn that much, you're having to give all that interest to a student loan payment. And as it stands now, you can't get out of a student loan payment with bankruptcy. It's going to be with you forever, no matter what. And you're always going to have to pay that off. It's going to be hanging over your head if it takes your whole life. And you just hear horror stories of people being in $100,000 worth of debt or in student loans or even more, and they've got a job that pays $30,000 a year. When are they ever going to pay that off? They're going to spend their whole life trying to pay that off. And we've got to be thinking more wisely when it comes 
to debt. Other areas that cause us to have a very bad defense and dig ourselves into a hole is just making very bad financial decisions. We already mentioned about leasing cars that, that Dave Ramsey talks about. It's so bad he calls it fleecing cars, you know, or payday loans and title loans. Um, those are loans that people usually get because they're desperate and they need money right now to pay for something. And so they go to these title loans or payday loans at astronomical interest. I don't even know how they're legal. And they're totally slave to those lenders, never pay it off until perhaps they lose their car and they come and repossess their car. These guys are sharks. We don't want to contribute to them whatsoever. So we definitely want to teach our children to avoid things like that as far as title loans and payday loans. Another area is timeshares. Dave Ramsey especially has nothing good to say about timeshares. I mean, man, if you listen to any of his stuff, he just lambasts them. He says there's some that are good, that are at least reputable, like Disney timeshares are said to be okay. They're at least reputable. Um, but they there's so much in the timeshare industry that they're just flat out crooks. And they kind of almost scam people into thinking they're getting one thing, but not realizing what they're getting locked into. And you can't sell them. You can't get out of them. And it's just financially a lot better to just save up for a vacation and go where you want than to get locked into a timeshare and what's available with the timeshare and what's not. And it's way more expensive in the long run with the timeshare than if you just save for yourself. So avoid timeshares, avoid going to those talks with the high price salesmen that have all the sales techniques down and you get the free night somewhere. I mean, if you're really disciplined, there's some disciplined people out there that go on a lot of weekend vacations to these timeshare talks and they have the discipline to always say no, but, and you got to have the discipline to be able to walk out because some of these timeshares, they won't let you leave this 30 minute talk that they talk about ends up being several hours and people feel trapped into just giving in in order to get out of there. And they don't have the determination within them to just get up and walk away and be rude and saying, I'm leaving. This was supposed to be 30 minutes. I said, no, and I'm out. And so there's a lot of high pressure sales techniques that go on with these and they don't always live up to their promises. And and all of them end up costing more than just saving up on your own. So teach our children some wisdom about some of these financial mistakes that can happen about leasing cars and payday loans and timeshares. I mean, we ourselves may know, yeah, these are bad. We're going to avoid those. But do our children, if they've, they're new to this world, you know, if they've never been taught this, we've got to let them know about that. So that's the first rule is have that good defense. The best offense is a good defense. We can't learn how to win until we first learn how not to lose. We got to stop having penalties and doing turnovers that give move the ball backwards. The whole point is the parable of the talents. Our goal is to move the football towards the goal, to turn one into two, two into four, five into 10. That's what God wants us to do to get a return on, on his investment and to have these resources for the kingdom. He does not want us to be a slave to our finances. The borrower is slave to the lender. He does not want us to be in bondage 
to a lender. He wants us to be bond servants for him and for his kingdom and be able to go on a mission trip, to be able to even give up houses and homes and and be a missionary in Africa, if that's what he's calling us to do. But we can't do that if we're bogged down in debt and we owe all this money. We can't just pick up and leave and live on no income in Africa when we got all these financial responsibilities that we're enslaved to. So, We've got to make sure that our children don't spend half their lives trying to dig themselves out of a hole. If that has happened to us, then we teach from what happened to us and teach our children how to avoid that and to live by biblical principles and how we're trying now to get our financial house in order. Don't just avoid the topic because you might feel that you failed in this area. We still have an obligation to disciple our children not only from our strengths and victories, but also from our weaknesses and failures to have them avoid some of the weaknesses and failures that happen with us. And that's a very important part of being a good steward is first stay out of a financial hole. Don't start off as a young college student or first starting out in their career and just start spending wildly and find yourself in a huge financial hole that you spend the rest of your life digging out of. This is great information, such great biblical advice that we must not be a slave to the lender. And the Lord wants us to be stewards of what he has given us. And it is important for us to keep that in mind with everything that we have. And especially with debt, we don't want that. How can we give to others? How can we expand the kingdom of God when we're pretty much focused on our own self because we're trying to get out of a financial hole that we put ourselves into. So we need wisdom and discernment. And this brings us to the end of this podcast regarding financial stewardship, part two, debt and other financial mistakes. Is there additional topics that we're going to cover in the upcoming podcasts? Well, next podcast, we want to focus on moving the football forward. How Now that we've got, we've stayed out of a financial hole and we've taught our kids how to stay out of a financial hole, how do we then turn one into two, two into four, five into 10 and move the football forward and make those good financial decisions that the Bible tells us to do based on biblical principles of good stewardship, being good stewards of God's money. None of this is ours. And he is giving us the command to steward and manage his money wisely. And there's plenty in the Bible, tons of financial principles in the Bible that we are to apply to modern day financial structures. And we'll look at that more next time. That's awesome. And I hope that you continue to join us as we go through the series of financial stewardship. And we are excited again to always have you. We would love to hear your feedback at Kohler Mania. You can reach us on Instagram as well. And so we are excited and we are blessed by our listeners. And we pray that you take this as an encouragement to continue to look at your finances and how your finances can glorify God. Until next time. God bless. God bless.